0: Hello, and welcome back to Grain Insight, a CN update on getting your grain to market. I'm Kate Fensky from CN Public Affairs, and joining me again is David Shidnovic, CN's Director of Grain Marketing. David, we've looked at the difference in supply chain costs, shipping grain to the west versus to the east, but how does the cost of ocean freight influence purchasing and sales decisions?
1: Well, an end user overseas looks at the cost of grain on a delivered basis. And the cost of grain free on board a vessel at the origin plus the cost of the freight gives the buyer that delivered value. And the end user may also have a lot of flexibility in terms of where they can source product from, depending on their needs. So the cost competitiveness of Canadian grain is going to be influenced by distance. And generally speaking, you know, Canada's further away from end users than the competitor, and that makes for an ocean freight disadvantage. But the weaker the ocean freight market, the narrower that gap becomes between Canada and the competition. So what goes into determining vessel freight rates? Okay, it's sort of complicated, but the cost of vessel freight is a function of the daily cost of hiring the vessel multiplied by the number of days the entire voyage is gonna take. And that includes the time for loading and unloading at both ends. So a Panamax doing a round-trip voyage in the Pacific today might be worth maybe nine or $10,000 in today's market. And then on top of that, you have port costs at origin and at destination, charges for transiting certain waterways and the cost of fuel. And a Panamax might burn 32 tons of fuel per day while transiting, and the cost might be around 400 bucks a ton for that fuel. Take all those costs, you divide the quantity of grain on board, And now you have a freight rate per ton.
0: It is complicated. But what does it look like from this end
1: of the grain supply chain? To keep it simple, let's consider a Durham buyer in Europe, okay, in Italy maybe, buying Canadian product. The terminal where the vessel is going to be unloaded, likely restricted as to how large a vessel it can take alongside. Now, the vessel freight economics for a smaller, handy-sized vessel that can load 25,000 tons are a lot different than for a Panamax that loads 55,000 tons. But let's consider the Panamax. So a grain company with export assets at the west coast and in the eastern supply chain at Thunder Bay or the St. Lawrence can potentially supply that customer from either coast. But when it's a Panamax loading 55,000 tons, can't bring that vessel into Thunder Bay. You're draft restricted. It won't fit through the locks in the seaway. So now you're down to St. Lawrence origination versus origination at the west coast. Now the vessel freight cost for a Panamax at Durham to the east coast of Italy It's probably around 10 bucks a ton less from shipping from the St. Lawrence versus the West Coast. And it's actually not much more of a gap for a smaller, handy sized vessel, which is quite something. But remember the internal transportation and handling costs of moving that grain from the middle of Saskatchewan into the eastern supply chain versus moving it west, it's probably an extra 15 or 20 bucks a ton. So depending on where in the prairies that grain is going to be sourced, and if they have the option and the export terminal capacity, that grain company is probably better off selling that grain off the West Coast versus the St. Lawrence, even for that smaller handy-sized vessel.
0: So lots of numbers that go into the costing of grain. Thanks again for your time, David. And thanks for listening to Grain Insight, an update from CN. If you have a topic you'd like us to cover in an upcoming podcast, please visit cn.ca slash grain to submit a question or find us on Twitter at CN Railway.